You are listening to a message from Foothills Church in Miraville, Tennessee. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com. Well, good morning. It's good to see you here at Foothills Church. Today, we're starting a brand new series entitled Think. If you've got your Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll be there in just a minute. So we're really excited about this series. Um, I think it's so valuable um, because as we understand how we think, um, then we can understand how we can change. And so for, for you and I, I think the truth about our life is, is, is this. Our life will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so my, my, my biggest point today is that you and I would understand and begin to take some, some, some inventory of our thought life today because our thoughts are so critical. In fact, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. As a person thinks in his heart, so he is. So that means that whatever you're thinking today, whatever you think about your marriage, whatever you think about your life, whatever you think about your spiritual life, whatever you think about yourself is what you are. And so if, think about it like this. So if you think that uh, you you, you can't, you probably won't. If you think life is gonna be bad, it probably will be bad. If you think your kids are gonna be bad, your kids will probably be bad. If you don't think you're going to make a difference in this world, then chances are you won't make much of an influence around the people around you because what we think is what we are. On the other hand, if you think that you're going to be successful, chances are you'll begin to experience some of that success. If you think you can, you probably will. If you um, uh, see opportunities or if you expect opportunities to come your way, chances are you'll begin to see those opportunities around you. If you believe that, that God is doing good around you and through you, then you'll begin to see the good and, and, and the things that God is doing in and in, in around you. And so, so, so the truth is that our life will begin to move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And so our thoughts are so very vital. They're so important as we think about not only who we are in Christ, but, but what God wants us to be, uh, who we are as a, as a man of God, a woman of God, as a parent, as a, as, as a businessman. So, so our thoughts are valuable. And here's the truth that we, we need to realize. So, so first of all, it begins with our thoughts. Our thoughts will produce words. Our words will then produce actions. Our actions then produce habits. And then our habits will produce results. And now those results based on the habits will either be good results or bad results. But it all stems first and foremost with our thought life. So throughout this series, I want to talk today about what do you think and begin to take some evaluation and, and really, really help us to begin to gear our thought life towards this whole concept. And over the next coming weeks, I want to talk about how you can begin to control your thoughts, um, how you can actually change your thought life, um, how you can, and, and really this is a biblical concept, all of these things. And, and so obviously how God is going to use relationships in our life um, and, and how that is so needed for us to truly implement change in our life. 
And I also want to talk about how we can develop habits that will lead to effective change in our life as we think through God's word and how our thought life um, uh, uh, really runs and rules our life. How you think um, is so incredibly important. And so uh, some things that we've got online for you to, to, to kind of help walk us through this process. If you go to fiddleschurch.com think, that's our think sermon page. And we've got some articles there. We're, we're going to be posting videos throughout this series of just the pastors diving in deeper um, to different um, uh, topics. That's called thinking uh, or talking think. And, um, and so we'll, we'll, we'll post those. Uh, we've got a 21-day journal on there to, to help you guys walk through this series uh, with us uh, using um, familiar scripture on the topic and, and uh, just a guide for that. Several other things that I'll get into, get into later. Um, but we want to ask you guys to begin to do that devotion, begin to engage in some of that content. And I'm going to ask you to start a week from tomorrow. So you got all week to kind of gear up and prepare for this. And then a week from tomorrow is when the devotion will start. And it is also when I'm going to be asking you to begin a fast. So we did this as a church last year and God blessed and did some incredible things. And so I'm excited to do it again. And so I'm going to ask you to do a biblical fast and a cultural fast for 21 days. And so for, for a biblical fast, that means that you're going to fast from food. And, and um, there are, again, online are some articles um, on the Think page that talk about fasting. Um, we have a sermon that will be from, from last year where I specifically taught about fasting. If you weren't here and you want to kind of learn more about that, uh, just, just all the aspects, spiritually and physically, um, that we need to consider as we, as we, um, as we do a fast. And so um, first off this year or this week, I want you to think through is God asking me to fast for a day, two days, three days, you know, seven days? How long from food? And the purpose from, for, for us fasting from food is spiritual godliness, uh, spiritual holiness and seeking godly, uh, God in our life. And so um, we want to we wanna, uh, engage a biblical fast from food and then a cultural fast. And so by that, I mean, uh, we think about some of the things in culture that are taking up a lot of our time. So maybe it's our cell phone, maybe it's the internet, uh, maybe it's our cell phone when we get home from work until you know, we go to bed, that time span. Uh, maybe it's TV, may, maybe it's uh, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, a cultural thing that's taking up a lot of your time that you say for 21 days, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that so that it opens up some time in your life to pursue God. And so uh, again, go online and uh, think through that. You've got all week to pray about it, to think about it, to prepare for it, to figure out what God is going to call you to do. I think God is going to bless you in an incredible way as a result. Um, so let's, let's move now to a little bit of an evaluation. So if you've, if you've got something to write with, get out a pen, get out a piece of paper, get your notebook out, whatever you're taking notes with, um, and, and let's go through a, a little evaluation because it's important that we first of all evaluate our thought life. And that's what today is all about. Let's begin to evaluate what it is we are thinking and, and kind of wake up from our spiritual slumber here and begin to, to realize how, how very important it is to consider. And so I'm gonna put up a few words here today and I'm gonna ask you to rate yourself on a scale of one to 10, which way you kind of lean and, and just kind of evaluate, you know, this past week, this past year, where your thoughts tend to be and, and to go. And, and the first two words are these two words. Uh, the word worried and the word peaceful. So would you say that you would lean more towards the worried phase or the worried side? So for you, you're gonna worry a lot about your marriage. You're gonna worry a lot about your kids. You're gonna worry about your finances. You're gonna worry about your kids and what they're doing and where they're going. And, and so you're constantly leaning more towards, I am a worrier. 
So I'm thinking about it. I'm, I'm anxious about it. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm constantly talking about it. It's constantly on my mind. And so, so would you say that you're more of a worrier or would you say that you kind of fall on this side of the realm, which is the word peaceful? So for you, you would say that I've just got this, this amazing, uh, transcending peace that, that, that transcends all understanding. Like I, I can go through a bad situation and I'm not gonna worry about it. I don't have to stress about it or anything like that. I just know God is in control and God is, God is still on his throne and I don't worry about it and I just know he's gonna work it out. Do you tend to fall more on the peaceful side or on the worried side? Go ahead and write down a number. You can talk about it at lunch today. You can talk about it with your family and your, 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 your spouse maybe and, and kind of compare and maybe they can bring some uh, reality to your answer maybe a little bit. Here's the second group of words. Um, are, do you tend to lean more towards uh, being a negative person or a positive person? So would you say that, some of you would probably say that you have the spiritual gift of negativity. You know, you can, you can find anything wrong with anything. Like before you see any good, you know what's wrong, you know how bad it was, and, 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 and it's really easy for you to be critical, and you're, you're this, this, this hyper-perfectionist, and nobody meets your standards, and, and everybody is, is, is weaker than you, and nobody thinks as good as you, and, and so you just tend to be more negative. No matter what situation it is, you can identify the bad parts of life, or would you say that you fall more on the positive side? So you... Th- you know, when it comes to people, you just tend to think uh, the best in people. You see the, the good side of people. You see the good side of work and you see the good side of your boss. And, and instead of coming to church and picking apart all the negative parts of, of church, you can kind of look around and say, wow, look at how God is moving here and look what God is doing here. And, and man, isn't this amazing over here? And so you just kind of tend to be more positive. Go ahead and rate yourself. Give, your, give yourself a number, write down a, a, a word here. Which do you tend to? to lean towards. And then finally, I would use these two words, the word uh, worldly or eternal. Would you say that your thoughts tend to be more worldly than eternal? So if your thoughts are more focused on the worldly side of things, then you're thinking about uh, 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 what am I going to drive and what am I going to wear and how does my hair look and, and uh, what, what shirt am I going to buy you know, to, to go with these new pants that I just bought on sale and, and uh, what kind of shoes am I going to match to put with this? And, and so your thoughts tend to be more engaged in what I look like or my appearance or, or, or you, know, you look at your money and you say, well, man, how can I make more of this money and how can I do better with my money? And, and so um, you're, you're focused more on getting more money. And so your mentality is just more on worldly things. You know, what's coming on, you know, TV tonight and what's the next ser- you know, the next TV series that we're going to get hooked on and we're watching Netflix. And, you know, so your conversations and your thought life are geared more towards the, the world. Or would you say that your thoughts are geared more towards the eternal? So during your day, you're thinking about God, how can I bring you glory today? God, how can I influence somebody closer to Jesus today? How can I share the love of God with somebody? God, you've given me these resources. How can I use these resources to be a blessing to your kingdom? How can I bless people with what you've given to me? And so you're thinking in terms of, of, of eternity so when your boss yells at you and, and, and gets mad at you at work, instead of flipping him off or wanting to, your thoughts go to, well, obviously he's going through some tough stuff. Obviously she's got some things going on. How can I pray for her? 
How can I encourage her in such a way that I can share God's love with her? Because you're thinking more about the eternal. Which one would you say? Rate yourself. Write a, write a word down. Give yourself a rating. You see, I think this is valuable. I think it's very, very valuable to actually take inventory of your thought life. Because let's be honest, it's really easy to be negative. Our, our, our temptation and our tendency is to lean more towards, you know, thinking and worrying about, you know, negative things and, and, and worldly things. And, and there are so many things in life that just kind of scream out, hey, worry about me. There are problems, worry. And so our nature is to worry. Our nature is to be negative. But, but if it is true that our life will follow the pattern of our thoughts, then it is important if we want to bring glory to God, if we want to experience joy in this life, that we take control of our thought life. And that's what I want to begin to do today. Here's, here's the first point and, and really the main point I want you to get today. If you don't get anything else, get this. And it's, it's, it's very simple. How you think determines how you live. You might even say it determines the quality of your life. How you think determines how you and I live. And so if that is a, if that is a true statement, then, then it must take some, some effort and some focus to really dive into our thought life. Let's look at Romans 12 verses uh, 2. And in, in, in the New Living Translation says it like this. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let, let God transform you into a new person. How? By changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So the ESV translation says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds. So his encouragement here is don't act like the world. Don't, don't accept the customs and, and, and the, 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 the similar patterns of thinking that those without Christ think and do and live their life. Instead of conforming to the way that they think, he calls us to be transformed. So, so how are we transformed? By changing the way that we think. So if I begin to change the way I think and begin to live my life through that vein and, and I begin to think like Jesus thought, then I'll be able to live like Jesus lived, but I can't live like him. I can't act like him until my thought life begins to change. God wants us to renew our minds. He wants us to change the way that we think. And so this is not an overnight process. We don't just hear a sermon, flip a switch and go home and things are different. This can be a, a long, a treacherous journey for each of us. And honestly, it's why many people choose not to go. It's why many people choose to stay how they are, to stay comfortable, to not be unique, to not really pursue God, to just kind of fit into society and the world and conform to the world instead of being transformed by the power of God's spirit. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. We're gonna look at verses three and five to give us um, some ways to begin to do this because my question when I read that is, okay, how do I change the way I think? Do I just close my eyes and say, change the way you think, change the way I think, change the way I think, change the way I think? What can we do? Well, here's what God's word says. And, and this is really, the, the whole series is gonna move us in this direction. This is gonna get us going this morning. Here's what he says. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war, war as the world does. 
The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So he first says that the weapons that God gives to us are not earthly weapons. They're spiritual weapons. So, so, so this is good news for us. We have some weapons at our disposal, uh, disposal that we can use in order to defeat the lies and the, and, the, and the sin that is in our life. This is encouraging. The, these spiritual weapons, what do they do? What can they do? Well, he says very clearly, they have the divine power. That means they are the anointed power of God in our life. These tools, these weapons to what? Demolish destroy strongholds. The word demolish there is the Greek word dunamis. And so that's where we get our word dynamite. So there's this idea of the explosive power of God that he gives to us, this amazing explosive power, not to kind of, you know, brush some sin out of our life, not to kind of shake off some of, the, some of the dirt. He says, I have given you the spiritual power to explode, to destroy these strongholds. Now, what is a stronghold? The Greek word for stronghold is okurama, and it simply means a prisoner locked by deception. So it gives us this idea, stronghold or, or a fortified you know, castle. Think of it like that. So we have a castle and that would be called a, a stronghold because it's where we, we can hide and, and we can, we can uh, keep things safe. And so behind the walls of the castle is a prisoner in chains because it's an opinion that we're holding on to. It's an idea that we're holding on to. It's a sin that we're holding on to and we're keeping it safe from the outside world, from anyone coming in and taking it away from us. It's a stronghold. Think of it like this. Think of a sin in our life that we begin to accept. Sin in our life that we begin to um, allow to creep into our mind. Some sin and some deception that we begin to believe in. And what we do with this stronghold is we just drape these things around our neck. And so before the stronghold, you know, I can live a normal life. I can, I'm a, you know, I, I can move pretty quickly. I can climb mountains. I can do some pretty fun athletic things. But with 40 pounds of, of, of strongholds wrapped around my neck, I, I can't do as much. I'm not as fast. I don't think as quickly. I get tired a lot easier. As I think through, you know, some of the negative thoughts that begin to, you know, just strangle my mind, it becomes a stronghold. Maybe there's some sexual sin in my life that, that I begin to allow myself to, to dive into, to focus on. That the sin sexually that begins to creep into my mind in the dark places of this world and cause me to, to focus on an unhealthy idea of what sex is. And totally apart from God's word, it becomes a stronghold in my life. It drives me. It holds me back. It holds me down from experiencing what God wants me to experience. Over here, we've got maybe some addictions. And so some addictions that I allow to creep into my life and they hold me down. And, and that may lead to some anger in my life. And, and I'm just mad and angry. And as a result, man, I can feel the weight of these strongholds. 
Some of you would come in today and you would say, man, 40 pounds is light compared to what I'm carrying, bro. I've got some issues. And to be honest with you, I think about my sexual sin all the time. I think about my negative and my anger. Uh, I think about my addictions all the time. And as a result, I'm depressed. And my depression creeps in and, and my depression, you know, makes me feel alone and makes me want to isolate myself even more. And, and, and I begin to you know, fall into this repeated pattern of, of, of thinking uh, in a negative way and allowing depression to creep into my mind. And before you know it, I am, I, I am in bondage. I am a slave to my sin. What's the enemy called? One of the things he's called is the father of what? He's the father of lies. So what's he want to do? He wants to lie to me. He wants to lie to you. He wants, to, he wants you to think in your depression that nobody cares, that nobody loves you, that you're never going to accomplish anything. He wants you to think that you're never going to overcome that sin, that you're never going to overcome that habit. You're never going to overcome that problem. And so you believe him and you just walk around with 40 pounds of stress and anxiety and, and stress just, just holding you back from experiencing all that Christ has for you. Well, the Bible says that he has given us the power to demolish these strongholds. To take them off and to dump them. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, here in our scripture, he says that we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. What's a pretension? A pretension is a plausible lie. It's a lie with just enough truth to make us believe it. You know? I mean, if I were to come in here this morning and I were to say, and I would say to you guys, well, before I became the pastor at Foothills, I was actually an astronaut and I was the first man to walk on the moon. So, would you believe that? Of course not. It's not a plausible lie. There's no truth to that at all. But if I walked in and you didn't know me and I was wearing a suit and a tie and I was carrying a briefcase and I was carrying around some blueprints and I was using words like my CAD files and then I were to tell you that I'm an architect, you might think, hmm, that guy might be an architect. He said he was. Talked about CAD files. Not sure what that is. That sounds architectural. Got a briefcase and a suit on. All right. See, that's a plausible lie. There's just enough truth there that makes us believe that it's real. And so the enemy will come in and he will begin to use media, technology, what you're reading, what you're listening to. He'll use other evil people around you to speak into your life. These lives that are not true, but there's just enough truth in them that makes you feel worthless. Okay, I'm, I'm out of shape. I don't eat very well. Obviously, I, I, could use a few, I could lose a few pounds. And so when somebody tells me that I'm out of shape and tells me I'm unhealthy, well, there's just enough truth there to make me believe that I am worthless. Take whatever situation you want to apply it to, and the enemy will give you just enough truth to make you believe it. And before you know it, it's turned into a stronghold. It's turned into a sin that has kept you in chains. It's kept you in slavery. Is that how God wants us to live? Is that, is, is that, what, uh, is that what God wants for you today? Absolutely not. What's the enemy want to do? He wants to replay the bad parts of your life. 
So maybe it's a song, maybe it's a place, or maybe it's whatever that kind of triggers that thought. And that thought comes into your mind again. And then what do you do? Well, you feel worthless again. And then you get depressed again. And then your self-confidence falls again. And then you feel like you're never going to overcome this again. And then you, 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 sometimes you figure, well, since I'm not going to overcome it, I might as well just be it and do it again. And the same pattern begins to develop in your life. And the scripture calls us to demolish these strongholds, calls us to take these thoughts captive in our life. And so as we take every thought captive, what do we do with that? We make it obedient to Christ. So when I, when I think about a thought that is negative, I want to I take that thought captive. When I think about past sin and I feel guilty. When I think about sinning today and I, that, that temptation comes into my mind, do this and you'll feel good. Do this and you'll feel happy. Do this and it'll make you, you know, a better person or you'll get more money. That temptation comes my way and I think it in my mind, I wanna take it captive. I wanna grab it with my hand and I wanna make it obedient to Christ. And he says, I wanna, he calls us to take every thought captive, not just negative ones, but positive ones as well to take all of these thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. Now, if we're not thinking about that, if we're, not, if we're not kind of aware of what's happening in the battlefield of our minds, then we could live our life with strongholds and just keep adding to the chains, right? Just keep adding to the list, baby. Just keep heaping them on there, man. I'm not thinking about it and nothing else is changing. I'm not reading God's word. I'm not really connected to God's people. I'm not really connected to, you know, a body of believers. And so I'm just living life and I'm just trying to get through it. Chances are, if that's you, you're struggling. And the weight of your strongholds and sin have, have brought you here today and you're like, I need some help. I don't know where to turn or what to do. I'm just kind of living and just kind of doing it, man. It's all I know, and, and there's so much more. God's word has so much more for us, and he says to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. How do we do that? Well, look at Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. You don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. He tells us to think about whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things and the God of peace will be with you. So we begin to learn how to take our thoughts captive, make them obedient to Christ. And we do that by fixing our thoughts on eternal things. So I think that sin, I think that thought, I take it captive. I say, you know what, that's not me. You know what, that's sin and, and I'm not gonna allow myself to think about this. Instead, I'm gonna replace that with thinking about the things of God the things that are eternal, the things that are lovely, the things that are, are praiseworthy. I'm gonna think about such things and then the peace of God begins to rest in my mind. But we can't even think about taking thoughts captive and demolishing them and do, until we take inventory. What are you thinking about? Is this something that you can even grasp your, your, your hands and your mind around today? Because if, if you're not ready to stop believing the lies and if you're not ready to embrace the truth of God, my friend, you're just gonna walk the same path in 2015 that you've been walking your entire life. And it's not until you begin to break that cycle, begin to really think about what you think about, that change begins to take place. Um, 
but here's the reality. I think some of us just kind of coast through life. Some of you have coasted the last 20, 30 years of your life. Your marriage is not really great. Work is not really great. And you're just kind of hanging on. You know, you're just kind of doing life and staying focused on work and staying busy. And, and the reality is some of you are just kind of sleepwalking through life. I'm reading this book called The Organized Mind by Daniel Levitin. And it's an incredible book about the, the, the framework of our mind, our brains. And so it's just this scientific book. He's not a Christian, so there's a lot of, a lot of other things in there. But at the same time, he talks about how our brain really functions and works and how scientifically over the last 15 years, scientists have just gone leaps and bounds through technology, uh, some of the things that we're able to recognize now and, and, and examine as, 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 they, as they do different experiments on the brain. And so um, what, what he's learned and what, what scientists are teaching now is that our brain has something called the attentional filter. We have millions of neurons in our brain. And what this attentional filter does in our life is it, it kind of examines our environment and it allows us to focus on things that our brain deems important or unimportant. And so this happens subconsciously. We're not like consciously doing this. It just kind of takes over. And when it takes over, it, it, if the brain doesn't think that it's important, then it will check out. It will not pay attention to it. Um, and so, so some of you are experiencing that right now. You're like, what's that dude? Is he still talking? Yes. So, so think of it like this. Some of you, you, you can relate to this. You've been driving your car and you're, you're driving down the interstate and all of a sudden you kind of snap to and it's been like an hour or 30 minutes and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in Florida. What happened to Georgia, you know? It's like, has, has that ever happened to you guys? You know, when you just kind of check out. How many of you guys have ever read a book and you're like reading the book and then all of a sudden it's like the end of the chapter and you're like, what the heck did I just read, you know? It's like you, your brain just kind of checks out. That's your attentional filter kicking in. You didn't say, I'm going to read the, this chapter and just kind of not pay attention. It just happened. You don't say as you're driving down the road, man, I'm just going to check out for a minute and just kind of zone out and, and maybe this will make this trip go faster. Okay, ready? Go. It doesn't work. That It just does it subconsciously. So here's what I believe. I believe that some of us are truly living life like we're sleepwalking. Like this attentional filter just kind of takes over and you just kind of wake up, go to work, do your thing, go home, watch TV, eat dinner, go to bed, wake up, go to work, and on and on and on it goes. And you develop a certain set of habits that are creating results in your life that are not healthy, that are not good, that are not spiritual. And it's time for us to step back and, and, to, and to pay attention um, some, some people with ADHD, attentional deficit disorders, those kinds of things. So they're relating this attentional filter and they're examining people with this, this, this type of brain. And, and they're seeing now why this is happening and how they, the, the brain is kind of taking over in, 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 in those, those, those folks and why it's more difficult for them to focus. But the truth is, for some of us, it's hard to focus. It's hard to focus on your spiritual life because you don't pay attention to it. You're, it's hard to focus on your marriage because you don't want to pay attention to it. You don't want to pay attention to the warning signs. You just want to live life and do, do your deal. But we've got to pay attention. This is an intentional process to develop certain habits, to develop certain patterns in, in, in our life that lead us to a healthier life. Now think about it. This time of year, January, 
we typically will kind of reevaluate our life, you know. And so, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's health. That's kind of one of the most popular. We kind of come to January, we're like, okay, we just went through the holidays. Our diet went out the door, so it's time to really kind of refocus on the diet. So let's get on a diet. Let's, you know, go back to the gym or get a gym membership. And, and you know, we, we dive into it, and the first week is great. Second week is a little shaky, but inevitably be, Inevitably, by the third week, we're, we can't find our gym shoes and we're in the Oreo aisle at Kroger's. And it's like, what just happened? You know, we're back on the same thing. Why can we not change? Well, because if all we're doing is focusing on the result, we're never going to change. If all you're thinking about is that 10 pounds you want to get rid of or how many pounds, you're never going to. That's going to be really hard to motivate you week three and week four You've got to start with the way that you think about your body, the way that you think about your health, the way that you think about God, the way that you think about uh, life in general. And co- I mean, everything stems from the way that you and I think. Our thoughts produce words. Words then produce actions. Action produce habits, and habits are the things that produce the results in our life. So to change our behavior, we've got to look behind that habit, that behavior, and begin to recognize our thoughts. So real practically now, how do we begin to change the way that we think? Well, practical step number one. First thing, when you jump out of bed in the morning, as soon as your uh, feet hit the floor, you're going to go to God's word. You're going to go to the the devotion plan that you have. You're going to open up your Bibles. You're going to read through a book. Pick one. They're all great. Just pick one. And you're going to read a chapter or you're going to read a passage. And you're going to read that. And as soon as you read that, you're going to say a prayer. It doesn't have to be a 30-minute prayer. Uh, It can be a two-minute prayer that just simply says, God, thank you for your word. God, help me to apply this word and understand it in my mind. Help it to transform my thoughts today. As I live my life today, help me to see people around me as people who are in need of Jesus and and not as people that I want to use for my personal gain. Help me, God, to be able to bless someone else today. Amen. And then you go through the rest of your habits. Brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, shower, whatever it is. Now, some of you men are like, well, I'm going to hit the bathroom first, bro. It's not the first thing I do. It's it's fine. Some of you can multitask, and that's, that's great too, whatever. But here's what I'm saying. You begin... You begin to think through your day and and you begin to allow God's word to soak in your mind. All right? And so as God's word soaks in my mind, I've got it in my my, my heart, it's in my mind, and and, and now I've prayed through it and now I'm driving to work instead of listening to talk radio and all the negative things about, you know, whatever football team you like or whatever's going around in the world. We're going to listen to our favorite sermons. We're going to listen to, you know, Christian worship so that our mind can be saturated with with the things of God. And, And as I begin to allow those things to absorb in my mind, then guess what? When I'm at work, and somebody's mean to me or critical of me, instead of lashing back out at them, I can say, you know what? There's something going on at home in in their life. Obviously, there's some problems, and that's why they act the way that they do. So how can I pray for them, and how can I encourage them today? Instead of taking it personal, instead of being mad and lashing back out, my thoughts are beginning to change about people. And you'll be amazed at how your thoughts begin to change about people, about circumstances, about everything, as you begin to allow God's word to saturate your mind. So here's how we want to close today. Um, Inevitably, when we want to create a new habit in our life, um, I feel like we take on way too much and that usually leads to failure. 
How many of you guys can juggle if I gave you two tennis balls? Anybody juggle? A couple of you? How, how many of you ever could juggle three tennis balls if I gave you three tennis balls right now? Anybody? Nobody? Oh, okay. Just one or two people. Okay. How many of you could juggle four? Anybody got four? All right. That's the same thing as the first service. Three was max, okay? Here's what we do in January, or here's what we do anytime we're faced with we need to change. Well, I'm going to change my, when I wake up. So I'm going to change my sleep routine. There's one tennis ball. I'm going to change my diet. So there's another tennis ball. I'm going to change my, my workout habits. And so there's another tennis ball. I'm going to get a personal trainer. So there's another tennis ball. I'm going to get a gym membership. There's another tennis ball. And then I'm going to begin to make my kids eat differently. There's another tennis ball. And then we keep adding things to our plate. We want to get in shape. Man, what a broad goal. Okay. Great goal. Broad. Okay, get in shape means a lot of different things, right? Be healthy, okay, those are all great things. But don't pick up 20 tennis balls and think that you're gonna juggle them. You start to do that, they begin to fall, and then you begin to feel like a failure, and then you begin to believe that you're a failure, and it begins in your mind, ah, I'm a failure. And your thoughts turn into words. I'm never going to overcome this problem. My words turn into actions. I might as well go to the Oreo aisle. Get some Oreos. Go home and watch TV. Our actions turn into habits. What are you doing today? I'm going to Kroger's. I'm going to go home and watch some TV. And then that's your habit. And then you're in the same cycle. And nothing changes. Folks, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you do not have tools that this world gives to you that says this psychological mumbo jumbo babble that says you can do better just believe in the best thing about yourself man you can do it and listen this is a very real spiritual weapon and it blows up strongholds so how do we tap into that power well that's what I want to talk about over the next few weeks. How do we tap into the power of God to demolish the strongholds in our life, to change the way we think, which inevitably change our habits, which change the course and direction of our life? So to begin with, uh, volunteers, if you guys would go ahead and move forward and begin to pass out these uh, post-it notes. You guys saw some post-it notes when you walked in today. Uh, this is how we're going to close. This is your action step today. As they give you a, a post-it note, just take one off the deal and pass it down the aisle. Um, because what we want to do today is we want to focus on one thing that God wants you to change. One thing. Not this broad list of all these hundred things that you're going to change to be a better man. Let's do one thing. Okay, maybe it's, you know, stop lying to your wife. You know, maybe it's I'm not going to drink sugary carbonated drinks anymore. Maybe it's going to be stop picking my nose. I don't know what it is. What is one habit, what is one sin in your life that God has already brought to your attention through this morning and through this lesson that, that, that God is saying, that's it. That's the one, that's the thing that you need to change. That's the thing that you need to quit. That's the thing maybe that you need to add. So maybe it's not just about getting rid of things in your life. Maybe it's about adding something to your life. Here's the one thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to read God's word every day this week. Or, or I'm going to do it five times. I'm going to pray. Whatever it is, we're going to take off one post-it note, write it on there. And then as you leave today, 
You can tack it up on the board. There's some post-it note thumbtack deals out there. Tack, tack it up. Or just leave it in your seat. We'll pick them up and we'll do it for you. You can leave um, all the, the rest of the, of the sticky notes in, in the chairs. We'll collect them after the service. But, but here's the deal. This is important. Um, and it's going to make sense over the next couple of weeks as we see them every week. And, and as we continue in this series, you're going to realize why seeing this is so very important. So don't just check out on me. Um, but, but you don't have to write your name on it, by the way. It's not going to be like, I'm Pastor Trent and I need to quit, you know, looking at porn. You know, we don't have to put, you know, you don't have to put your name up there, all right? Just, just write it. And, and God knows, okay? And then we'll, we'll tack it up there and that'll serve as our reminder of what, what we wanna see God do. We're not gonna juggle, you know, 20 tennis balls today. We just want one. We just wanna grab a hold of one concept that God wants us to change. And so uh, do that today as you leave. I'm gonna pray and then you'll be dismissed. I'm excited, man, about what God is doing. Check out the website and uh, let's get ready to fast. Let's get ready to dive in. God has something great for you this year. It's, it's bigger than you've ever thought of. And uh, it, your marriage, family, kids, everything is on the verge of change. You're, you're one decision away from a lifetime of change that's gonna lead you closer to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, as we think about you today, as we think about our life, I pray that you would um, give us encouragement and at the same time, God, just challenge us. Challenge us to wake up from our slumber. We don't wanna sleepwalk through our life. We wanna pay attention to what's happening around us. Lord, we don't want to wake up in 10 years and realize that we've been a bad parent. We wanna know now so we can make a change. We don't wanna wake up in 20 years and still be in debt. God, we want a change in our heart and our minds now so that in 20 years, we're in a better situation. And that takes you changing our heart and our minds today. So Lord, we ask that you would renew and transform our minds today, this week, throughout this series. And Lord, help us to take the action steps necessary to allow your spirit to work in our life. Father, help us to take this seriously and, and really uh, we just pray that the Spirit of God would, would show us what needs to change, would show us how to do this. And Lord, we'll give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week for part two of Think. Thank you for listening. More information about Foothills Church can be found online at foothillschurch.com.